0: Thank you, Sam. What a great phrase. The good news of Jesus is that the lost son has returned to the father. What a great way to uh, finish off our worship this morning. My name's Christy. If I haven't met you before, it's great to have you. I'm an elder here at Door of Hope, uh, which means I actually get to hear a lot of those stories, and I hope you get to hear them as you speak to people after the service, or Uh, A part of one of our online Facebook groups or share online uh, in the online community, let's share our stories. So Sam, thank you for that one. We are continuing in our series called Scent. Someone says that's a great title, you can put it on a baseball cap. I don't wear baseball caps though because I have curly hair, so no caps for me. But it's a great title, isn't it? Scent. And uh, we heard last week that we are to be sent in love. What a great message. We are to receive love, to grow love, to be healed in love, and share love. And it's the foundation for our sentness. And today, we're going to be talking about prayer. What role does prayer play in how we are sent? why we are sent, and who we're sent to. So that's what we'll be working through today. Two parts, okay? Two parts, get ready. The Great Commission is the verse, or the set of verses, that this series is based on. We're going to read them now. They'll be on the screen, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. I'm going to turn around and read it off the screen. Jesus came to them and said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to do everything I have told you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world." So Jesus is talking to his group of disciples who have journeyed with him over the last three years. He's about to go to heaven, and he co-missions them. He invites them into his mission. That's what co mission is this partnership, this togetherness of what he wants to do next. But what were they doing before that? What were they doing before this co mission? They were a part of the good news that Jesus was. And Sam just talked about that good news on the screen that a lost son is returned to the father. Now, um, does anyone have a hard copy Bible with them this morning? Maybe an older version? Wayne has one. If we open our Gospels, um, I'm going to put a photo up on the screen so you can see this thing we call the hard copy Bible. Um, It says often the Gospel according to Mark or the Gospel according to John. And what is it we read? We read of Jesus, don't we? The gospel means good news. That's a literal translation. And back in the day, Jesus wasn't only the only one with a the gospel. There were many people with the gospel. So Roman emperors would hire evangelists to go and share their gospel with people around the Roman Empire, showing them how good they were. This is Octavius's gospel, his good news. And when Jesus came, he said, This is my good news. This is my gospel. Mark chapter 1 says, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Mark 1 is a little tiny abbreviation of the gospel. Jesus' kingdom is here. The time has come. It's now. Repent and believe the good news. What's the good news? Jesus. Jesus. So these disciples had been immersed in this good news for three years. They were immersed in Jesus' life, his story, his teachings, his mealtimes, his traveling, the way he prayed, the way he had conversations, who he had conversations with, the questions he asked, the answers he gave or the answers he did not give, depending on the circumstance, who he spoke firmly to and who he spoke gently to the people he preached at, and the people he sat with quietly. This was all the good news, the gospel of Jesus, and four of those disciples, we get to read the account of the good news. So I wonder, have you you ever been sent? Have you been sent? Uh, When, um, in the first sort of probably five or six years of my marriage to Danny, my husband, I used to send him often to the supermarket. (laughs) This was not a great outcome mostly. (laughs) So Danny doesn't cook. He's not really a fan of food, especially the preparing of food. Food is fuel, it's not fun. And going to the supermarket was overwhelming. I would give him a list and he would go, and then what would happen? He wouldn't get the right things, or I would get a phone call, okay? Has anyone received a phone call from the supermarket? Okay. Online. Have you received a phone call from the supermarket? Danny once bought me like an $11 glass tub of sour cream. No, no. He didn't understand the assignment, he hadn't, there was nothing in him that was excited about going to the supermarket, he wasn't, he wasn't engaged in going to the supermarket and so it was never a successful sending, okay? It is now, I want to, I want to skip forward, he's great at it now, he is great at going to the supermarket, there is growth, there is growth, (laughs) there is hope people, okay. The disciples did understand the assignment. They had lived with Jesus for three years and their hearts were full of the good news. They had experienced it, not in a perfect way. And add right now, coming up promo, we're doing a series about Peter soon and it is gonna be so good, so good. Because Peter's awesome and really dodgy sometimes and broken and gives us a great picture of what it's like to be a disciple. So look forward to the series on Peter coming up. It's going to be great. These disciples had a heart. They were sent, and they did end up sharing this good news with the world, with sufferings, with trials, with having to move a long way away, having to move outside of their Jewish, mostly Jewish, comfort zone, Move to a different city, be tortured, sometimes martyred for Jesus, they understood the assignment because their heart was filled. So the first step, this is part one, how does prayer involved in sending? I want us to think about praying for ourselves, that our heart would be full of the good news. Maybe today's the first time you're hearing about this good news. And it is good. That's what I want you to hear today. The good news is so good. Sam gave us like a little, what was it, 90-second testimony about this goodness. And we hear the disciples in in the Gospels, their united testimony about God's goodness and his good news. Is that filling our heart today? Is that something that comes to mind when you're going about your everyday? That's what I'd love us to think about praying for. Because before we share with others, there needs to be something in there to share. And whether you've known Jesus just a short time, or whether the gospel is something that has been with you since you can remember. We have an opportunity to pray that the good news would be good in our hearts. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to spend just one minute praying. If you'd like to pray for each other, if you're here with someone else, please do that. Maybe you'd like to just sit quietly online. If you're with someone, pray together uh, wherever you are. Let's pray that our hearts would be full of the good news and that we would know it's good. Let's do that now. Amen. Maybe that's a practice you'd like to continue this week. I invite you to think about each morning, praying that God would remind you that his good news is good. Okay, this is a window. Imagine it's in a wall. I asked Ben, our creative arts minister, do you have a window I could use on Sunday? He's like, I've got hundreds of doors for obvious reasons, (laughs) but no windows. Anyway, this is a window. I heard recently the analogy that you don't come to a window to look at a window, do you? What do you come to a window to do? You look through it. You don't come to a window and go, wow, this glass is just so transparent. It's just really clear and see through. It's great. We don't do that. We look through to the other side. And you know, We can be like that with Jesus. We can be windows that people look through. I don't mean that they don't see us as people. I mean that we can show them who Jesus is. And if your life has no good news being able to be seen in it, I invite you to pray. This week, I invite you to pray that we can be windows that people see through and see Jesus on the other side. So I'm going to leave that there as we think about that. So the first thing is for us to pray for ourselves that we would be full. The next thing is that we want to pray for others, okay? We want to pray for others. I'm really appreciative to Sam that he talked about the lost child because. Lost is a word that has been coming up uh, in my readings recently as I've been reading through the Gospels. And lost people maybe sounds like a bit of a harsh word because it's the opposite to being found. We hear it as quite a negative term. Has anyone been lost recently, like lost directionally? They got to somewhere and Sat Nav had failed them Siri didn't do a good job, that notes on the paper didn't get you to where you needed to get to. Okay, were you a bad person in that moment? Did you fail epically, were unredeemed because you were lost? It's a place that we all find ourselves in at some time in our life. Lostness is a human condition David Foster Wallace, who was an American novelist and university professor, is widely known for his uh, novel called Infinite Jest, which Time magazine said was one of the top 10 novels of this century. Who's read it? No one? I didn't think so. But he was incredibly, uh, had so many accolades and is so well known in academic and philosophical circles He took his own life in 2008, just after writing his final essay. And I want to read a little bit from that today. So it'll be up on the screen. There's something particularly sad about it. Something that doesn't have much to do with our physical circumstances or the economy or any of the stuff that gets talked about in the news. It's more like a stomach level sadness. I see it in myself and friends in different ways, it manifests itself as a kind of lostness. The sadness is a really American slash Australian, insert your country, type of sadness. I was white, upper middle class, obscenely well educated, way more career success than I could have hoped for, and was sort of adrift. A lot of my friends were the same way. Some of them were deeply into drugs, others were unbelievable workaholics, some were going to singles bars every night. You can see it played out in 20 different ways, but it's the same thing. I got the feeling a lot of us, as we enter into our early 30s, have had to find a way to put childish things aside and confront stuff about spirituality. Lostness is a really... real... Condition. And when in the gospel Jesus and the disciples talk about being lost, it's not an indictment on people, it's just really how we are. Because when we don't know Jesus and that good news and we're not connected with Him, there's a sense of lostness, there's a sense of discontentment, there's a sense of not being at peace. And I trust today that those of you that know Jesus know some of that contentment and goodness and peace. And there's people, so many people, in our friends and family and workplace networks that are desiring not to feel lost, that are desiring to belong and to be found. And prayer is something we can do. Jesus showed us how to pray. In John 17, Jesus allowed the disciples to hear his prayer. We know they did because they wrote it down. John did anyway. He prays for his disciples that they would... uh, This is what he said. He said, For I gave them the words you gave to me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. He prayed that for the disciples. Then he prayed for others that would come, that they would be completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus prayed that people would know he loves them. And that's the example that we look to, isn't it? We look to Jesus for the example of how to pray, of how to share, of how to send. And it's the easiest thing to do. You need no tools to pray. You need no place to be, you need no equipment, because prayer is a conversation with God. It's easy, but it's also work, because it makes stuff happen, and that's what work is, isn't it? A Work, work is something you do, and it produces an outcome or an output or a product. Well, prayer is work, because it connects us with the kingdom. It connects us with Jesus. It's not just talking to God, it's working with God. It's the co-mission. And prayer is how we engage in that. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus said in his prayer when he taught us how to pray. Do what's best as above, so below. And when we pray, we are inviting, partnering with God to say, as you want it to be in heaven that everyone is loved and found and belong, make it so on earth. Make it so on earth. I'd like you to think about someone who maybe sits in this zone of lostness, that Jesus isn't a part of their world and his peace, contentment, good news, transforming power isn't part of their story yet. Maybe friends, family, workplace colleagues, would you think of them now? Online, maybe you'd like to write their initials in the chat just as a way of expressing who they are. I'd like to suggest there's uh, two ways we can pray. One is for others and one is with others. So praying for others, um, I think, is something we're pretty familiar with, yes? We pray for them. And if that's something that feels daunting to you, can I suggest you use the word of God to do that? Pray for others using scripture because when we pray scripture, We are agreeing with God, are we not? Because he said it first. God's word, we pray it, and we're automatically agreeing with him because he's already said it. Now, I've um, created, no, I haven't created. I've put some verses on a bit of paper. There's some at the back, but I've also put them in our 40 Days of Prayer Facebook group if you're part of that. They're also in our online community Facebook group. So you can grab them digitally or hard copy um, at the end. But there's a group of scriptures here that we can pray for people. We can agree with God that people may be filled with joy, that we will give, God will give them a new heart, a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone, that people will search and that they will hear the good news, that this is good and pleases God our Saviour who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And there's a space in there where you can fill in people's names, an opportunity to pray for people using God's word. And this is the work that we can do. This is a way we can be sent to share the good news. And out of our hearts, this gospel, this good news will overflow to others. And as you think of that person in your mind, what would you pray for them? What good news might you wanna pray for them? The other option or as well as is praying with others who don't know Jesus. You know, when you ask people if you'd like them to pray, not many people say no. Because why would you give up an option that a friend has offered to you? And there are easy ways to pray for people. One of them is using the Lord's Prayer and. Um, I'm going to read the NIV version, but many translations are available for you to choose phrases from, phrases that might fit with you or fit with the person you're praying for. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, glorious is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Maybe you wanna pray for people's daily bread, for the provision that they need in their life. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Are Are the people in your world needing God's provision? Are they needing forgiveness? Are they needing help to not fall into the desires that get in their way, addictions? or things that they can't break free of. We can pray for those things. I was talking to my friend Sam Teeley, my friend and yours, and he was sharing um, a way that he uses a verse that I really love, Philippians 4.6, to help people that have never prayed before pray. And I wanted to share it with you. Philippians four six says, Do not be anxious about... Anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, if there's someone who is anxious, who has a problem in your world, you might say, Scripture says, if you're anxious, then pray and ask with thanksgiving be thankful and we can guide someone and help them pray exactly that God I'm anxious about this would you help me thank you for helping me and I love how Sam then invites someone to say do you have a peace and if they say yes you say that's God That peace comes from God. And let's in faith pray with people that the Holy Spirit would be transforming them as we pray. That's what he says he will do. That prayer will transform by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you anxious? Then pray and be thankful and expect the peace of God to be in our hearts. What a joyous thing to be able to share peace with someone. The other way we can pray with people is to pray a blessing over them. And this little sheet also has a list of scriptures we can use as blessings. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, may he give you peace. May Christ make a home in your heart through faith. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. May you be filled with joy. Let's agree with God about what He thinks about us. Let us agree with God about how much He loves people and how much He wants them to be transformed and to have peace and joy in their world. Let's pray those words over people. There are so many negative, terrible, anxiety-inducing words around us each and every day. Let's pray ones that fill people with the good news that they may come to know who he is, that he, Jesus, may be at the centre of their lives, just like he's at the centre of ours, just as he's at the centre of this community. Let's pray and want that. Let's be sent to be the bringers of good news to those around us. Pray for your heart this week, door of hope. And see what God does. See how he lifts our spirits and gives us a new perspective. Pray for others that they may see through us to Jesus, just like a window does. Pray with others. Speak words of joy over them. Remind them of that love that we're sent in love. Remind them of that. Scripture because we agree with God and we can say with confidence God may it be on earth as it is in heaven because your Holy Spirit is at work let's pray together door of hope Lord Jesus we are so thankful that your gospel is good news now it always has been and it always will be thank you for what it's doing in our lives right now, that it's transforming us, that it's bringing us to be more Jesus-centered, others-focused, and that it's unifying us in community. Lord, would you invite us this week to pray as sent ones? Would you invite us to pray, co-missioned with you, to go into all the world and baptize, in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit to teach that people would obey everything I've commanded you and we know that you are with us to the very end of the age. Lord Jesus, would you fill us with your gospel truth, the gospel good news this week. We pray these things in your name. Amen. As we sing Door of Hope, would these words remind us that he is the centre that his light is in us, that that gospel truth is good. Amen. Amen.